Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. This is the kingdom of God. This is the great gift of our faith that's been passed on to us. We want to make sure that we appreciate our inheritance, if you will, you know, and, um, and and the fact that we have a Father in heaven because of Jesus Christ becoming man and allowing us to be adopted as sons and daughters of the Father, we want to make sure that we appreciate what we have because we're going to see examples in the readings today that, um, that there have been times when that is not has not always been the case. Not everybody has appreciated or continues to appreciate the gift of God's kingdom and the fact that we are part of a special family, the family of God. So that's what we're going to talk about on the show today. And it is, uh, as always, you know, I tell you this a lot. I really do mean it. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. I'm honored that you have taken the time to listen to this program. I know you don't have to do it. I know there's a lot of other shows you can listen to. I know there's a lot of other things you could be doing right now. But the fact that you're choosing to spend some time with me is um, is not something I take for granted. And so thank you very much for tuning in. We're going to start in just a couple of seconds with some prayer. We're going to we're, we're going to you know, this show is really about appreciation, appreciating what God has done for us. The fact that we are potentially. Um, you know, you know, a, a member and I again, I don't know exactly where you might happen to be, but as a member of the church, you're part of a special family. You know, I, I understand that not everybody who's listening might be a, a part of the church, but if you are, if you were a part of the, um, if you've been baptized into the faith, then you are very privileged because you have this inheritance and you have a father in heaven who has reserved a place for you in heaven, and that's something to be very grateful for. So we're going to talk about that today, but I want to, I want to first focus on our Heavenly Father, who just happens to be here with us today. We're going to turn to Him in prayer, and, and again, this is something that is easily uh, overlooked, the fact that our Father in heaven, Almighty God, is here with us now, and wherever you go, He's accessible and you're able to talk to him. So let's do that right now. Let's turn to our Heavenly Father now. Let's let's send up some prayers as we begin the program in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for being here with us once again, Father. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to address you in prayer. Thank you for the opportunity of being able to call you, Father. 
Thank you for loving us so much that you created us to be in a relationship with you. Thank you, Father, for sending your son Jesus into the world. Thank you for your kingdom, Heavenly Father. Thank you for letting us be a part or a worker in your kingdom on earth right now, in the vineyard, in your vineyard. Father, please guide us. Um, Just let us know how we can best serve you. And I ask you, Father, to pour out your spirit upon me today so that I can deliver your message. I really don't want to get in your way, Father. I want to deliver the message that you have for us. And please open all of our minds and all of our hearts to hear what it is that you have to say and to be willing to put it into practice. Father, I ask these things in the most holy and sacred name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so uh, so here we go. You know, when I when I say these prayers, when I pray this uh, this opening prayer, as I do at the beginning of every show, I really come to this microphone with the full awareness that I'm incapable, without help, of delivering God's message to you. And I, and I always want to remember that. I always, and I think it's it's healthy. It's not like I'm looking down upon myself. It's not say it's not saying, oh, I'm such a loser. I can't do this. No, it's recognizing my fallen human nature and how weak I am, especially when I'm compared to Almighty God. So I want to, if I'm about to preach to you the Word of God, you know, because I'm not only reading from the Bible, I'm offering an explanation. I want to be sure that I ask the Lord to help me. And there are a lot of times when I do this program, I have something in mind, but when I start speaking about these readings, I go off in a different direction, and I fully believe that the Holy Spirit has something to do with that. So even if I don't 100% get it right all the time, I want to make sure that I ask for help, and I believe that the Lord does help me when I ask for Him to direct my words uh, for this program. My name is Gary Zimak, and we join you each week uh, for 30 minutes as we reflect on the Mass readings, the Sunday Mass readings, and however you're listening to this, whether it's over the air whether it's through a podcast, I just want to welcome you to the show and let you know how, how much I do appreciate you. If you want to find out more about my work, I invite you to visit my website, followingthetruth.com. You can find links to all of my books there. You can find out how to sign up for my daily email, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. You can find out how to contact me to bring me in as a speaker to your, your parish or your conference. And you can uh, find out about links to my daily five-minute podcast as well. Followingthetruth.com is the place to go. All right, I said at the start we're going to look at the Mass readings for the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. We're getting, believe it or not, we are approaching the end of the church year. There are 33 Sundays in Ordinary Time. 34th Sunday is, is dedicated to the Solemnity of Christ the king. So there are technically 34 Sundays in ordinary time, at which point we begin a new church year with the season of Advent. So we're we're not that far away. And I think what we're going to see is a lot of reminders, especially in these in these remaining Sundays of the liturgical year, reminders that time on earth is limited and there's a certain expectation from 
uh, uh, that God has from us. He expects us to do certain things and to behave in a certain way. And we're going to get these reminders today. We will hear a parable addressed by Jesus to the elders of the chief priest and the elders of the people. You know who they were? They were the religious leaders. Now, these are the guys that gave Jesus such a hard time. They were, con- they were constantly attacking him, looking for ways to set him up. And, and Jesus really was trying to get to them. He was trying to get them to wake up. And I think, here, here's what I believe. Before I read this gospel, even though this is directed to the religious leaders, this is also directed to each one of us because each one of us can have a tendency to feel a little entitled because of the whole concept of heaven, you know, that because Jesus died on the cross for us and we are Christians, that we have the the right to be able to live with him forever in heaven. And we don't want to look at that as, well, this is my right and this is due to me. No, it's 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 through grace that we're able to, and by virtue of what Christ did on the cross, that we're able to live in heaven. We don't want to become entitled. We don't want to start to think like, well, this is this is a guarantee. I don't have to do anything. Well, no, we have to cooperate with the grace. So there's there's an important message here. So why don't we get right to it? Matthew chapter 21, verses 33 through 43. And if you're new to the program, I always lead off with the gospel and then go to the other readings to support the message of the gospel. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. So just to kind of frame this one, put it into perspective, the landowner plants a vineyard, puts a hedge around it, kind of sets it up, builds a tower for protection, then he leases it to tenants, and the owner of this vineyard goes away and depends on the tenants to take care of the vineyard. And this is sort of, you know, this is pretty obvious to see, I think anyway, that this is God's kingdom on earth. The church, we're in charge of it right now. We can mess this up or we can take care of what God has given us. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again, he sent other servants more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. Now, again, you put this, you, you frame it um, in, in the, uh, with the idea that God is the vineyard owner sending his son into the vineyard. You know, we see a representation of what happened in our world when God sent his son Jesus into the world. So the, the, the owner of the vineyard says, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, he will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. 
And Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord this has been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, The kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. Now, okay, let's let's talk a little bit about this. Remember that God first made his appearance to the chosen people. And Jesus, when he came into the world, his mission initially was to spread the good news, to preach the gospel to who? To the chosen people, to, to the Jews. But so many of them, not all of them, but so many of them, especially the leaders, rejected him. And then Jesus took his message, uh, mainly through through St. Paul, whose, whose job it was to be the apostle to the Gentiles. The message of the kingdom and the, the kingdom itself was opened up to the non-Jews or the Gentiles. So this is a reminder, I think, for all of us. And, and as I said, and I wanted to be clear that I, I set this up, it's very easy to look at this and say, aha, this is about, this is directed to the leaders, the church leaders. They better watch it or they're going to be in trouble. No, it's directed to all of us. All these scriptures are directed to all of us. We all have a tendency to maybe take for granted what we have. And and, and as a cradle Catholic, I, I it's very hard for me to not take my faith for granted. I have to work at this because I'm not a convert. I was I was baptized into the faith when I was an infant. So I, I look, you know, I, I hate to say it, but... It, it, it almost is something that I take for granted that I have access to Jesus, that he came into the world to die on the cross for me. And it, it's taken me a while to begin to appreciate it, that I have the sacraments available to me, the grace with the, 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 that come, comes from the sacraments. I have access to the Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. You know, somebody who is a convert, and who is either a non-Catholic Christian or maybe a, somebody who's not even a Christian at, at all, when they realize that, oh my gosh, I, I can receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus in the Eucharist. I can be forgiven of my sins through the sacrament of confession, through Jesus acting through the priest in confession. When, when somebody who, who's never had access to these sacraments before who never had access to the saints and the, 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 the many saints that we as Catholics acknowledge and turn to for intercession. You know, somebody coming into the faith from either a Protestant tradition or completely uh, somebody who's not a Christian, I mean, they're going to really appreciate what the church has to offer. But I have to be extra careful that I don't take for granted the many blessings of the Catholic Church. And, and again, I, I'm trying to get there. I've, I've worked at this for a long time. I'm, I am beginning to appreciate things better. But I didn't start off in awe of all that the church offers. took me a while. It took me a while. But I have learned how blessed we really are. So it's just something to keep in mind. We don't want to take the many gifts of the church for granted. And, and you know, Jesus uses this analogy of the vineyard. And how people rejected Jesus. They rejected. So many rejected him. Didn't want to hear what he had to say. And that was God's son coming into the world. So we want to make sure that we don't fall into that category. And, you know, just because we're Catholic 
doesn't mean we're automatically going to get to heaven. And I, and I think we need to keep that in mind. You know, we don't work. It's not because of our works that we make it to heaven. It's because of the grace that the Lord gives us. But we also don't want to take it for granted because something is expected of us. We're expected to what? To work in the vineyard, to cooperate with the grace that God gives us, and to do good works, to be Jesus in the world. That's what we're called to do. Okay, the first reading, you're going to see the connection here, is Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. Isaiah writes, Let me now sing of my friend, my friend's song concerning his vineyard. So we see the vineyard connection. My friend had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He spaded it, cleared it of stones, and planted the choicest vines. Within it, he built a watchtower and hewed out a wine press. Then he looked for the crop of grapes, but what it yielded was wild grapes. So what we see here is a vineyard not necessarily producing good fruit. It's yielding wild grapes. Now, inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I had not done? Why, when I looked for the crop of grapes, did it, not, did it bring forth wild grapes? Now I will let you know what I mean to do with my vineyard. Take away its hedge, give it to grazing, break through its wall, let it be trampled. Yes, I will make it a ruin. It shall not be pruned or hoed, but overgrown with thorns and briars. I will command the clouds not to send rain upon it. The vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his cherished plant. He looked for judgment, but see bloodshed, for justice, but hark the outcry. So, you know, we see that that reference to the vineyard, to the, the vineyard producing grapes that are wild, not good fruit. And that same reference was made in the gospel. People tending the vineyard didn't respect what they had. They didn't respect God's Son. They didn't want to listen to Jesus. You know, and they, they started taking for granted the gift that they had. And and as, as members of the Catholic Church, we have to be careful that we don't do the same thing. We don't want to take anything that we've been given for granted, including our salvation, right? We don't want to take that for granted. The responsorial psalm, Psalm 80 The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. A vine from Egypt you you transplanted. You drove away the nations and planted it. It put forth its foliage to the sea. It shoots as far as the river. Why have you broken down its walls so that every passerby plucks its fruit? The boar from the forest lays it wastes. And the beast of the field feed upon it. Now you see what we what we have to take into consideration is the fact that over the years, God gave His people so many blessings, but they kept turning away from Him. And when that would happen, He would allow things to happen to them to remind them. And really, this is we're in that same situation. We don't want to take for granted what God gives to us and just let his church on earth 
begin to disintegrate or fall apart. And what we, and, you know, we don't point to the leaders. It's not all up to the leaders of our church. It's up to us. There's something we need to do. We need to con- have these conversions, these internal conversions, and allow ourselves through the working of the Holy Spirit and the grace we receive primarily through the sacraments to be transformed into Jesus. So that's up to you and me, not pointing fingers at the people who are in charge. Well, it's the, it's the bishops. It's, it's my pastor's fault. It's the Pope's fault. No, you and I have a responsibility to have a relationship with Jesus and to allow ourselves to be transformed. And this, this requires work to allow ourselves to be transformed into the image of Jesus so that we can be his workers in the world. That, that responsibility is upon us. Once again, O Lord of hosts, look down from heaven and see. Take care of this vine and protect what your right hand has planted, the Son of Man who you yourself made strong. Then we will no more withdraw from you. Give us new life. We will call, call upon your name. O Lord God of hosts, restore us. If your face shine upon us, then we shall be saved. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. So, you know, there's that, uh, we've got to have that understanding that we need help. We need the grace that the Lord gives us so that we can act in a way pleasing to him, so that we can take care of his kingdom, so that we can go out and share the good news with other people who need to hear it. Second reading, I love this second reading. This is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. And look, you probably know I speak and write a lot about anxiety. This is one of those, this passage we're going to read from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. If you are somebody who tends to be anxious, this is, is pure gold. You need to listen to this. And uh, what Paul writes is this, brothers and sisters, have no anxiety at all, but in everything. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that great? Have no anxiety about anything. Now, look, you look at the world. You look at our vineyard, not, you know, just the entire, our world, our country, our world. You can look in the church and maybe see it too, but you see a lot of problems, don't you? You see a lot of problems, a lot of anxiety-producing situations, no doubt about it. And what Paul is saying here, as we work in the vineyard, as we live in this earth, this you know we have to remember, this is not heaven. There are problems here. He's saying, have no anxiety at all. But he just doesn't end there. He doesn't just say, hey, don't worry about anything. Paul says, but in everything, by what? By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, recognizing in advance that God will answer your prayers, not always the way you want, but he'll answer. So therefore, we can be thankful, number one, that he hears, and number two, that he will answer. Instead of worrying, Paul says, with prayer and petition, make your request known to God. Pray, you know, you're worried about the church. Pray for the church. You're concerned about what your pastor is doing. Pray for your pastor. You're concerned about the country. Pray for the country. You're concerned about the world. Pray for the world. You're concerned about yourself. 
pray. Instead of worrying, Paul is saying pray. He's also telling you what happens when you do that. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now listen to this. This is the this is another um, this is another part of the second reading, and it's it really gives you an idea of how to put that first part into practice. Paul writes, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Then the God of peace will be with you. What Paul's saying here, this is such a great reminder. This is something that I absolutely need to hear. And uh, if you struggle with any kind of anxiety or just frustration, or you look around you and you start to think like, oh man, what a mess. This world is just such a disaster. Paul is saying, control your thoughts. Control your thoughts because listen, here's the deal. How you think affects how you feel. If you think positive thoughts, you're going to feel more positive. You can absolutely, and if you're somebody who tends to be anxious like I do, you're going you're gonna to be able to relate to this because the more you start thinking in a negative manner or playing the what-if game, what if this never works out or what if this gets worse, and coming up with these scenarios where it is going to get worse, then you're going to start to lose your peace, even though nothing externally has changed. And that's the power of your thoughts. So we got to be careful about that. So as you look at all of these readings and wrap them up, this this concept of working in the vineyard in God's in God's kingdom on earth, as a member of the church, instead of panicking and thinking about all the things that are wrong or all the things that could go wrong, what Paul and all of these readings really are telling us today is: turn to God, ask for help. And do what you can and keep your mind focused on the truth. The truth is that God's in control. He's bigger than all these things that cause us to be concerned. And he expects us to be his workers in the kingdom on earth. We can do it if we depend on his help. That's it. That's all I got. We're just about out of time. And I want to thank you for listening to the show. As always, if you have questions, email me at gary at followingthetruth.com. Please visit my website, followingthetruth.com, if you'd like to find out more about who I am, what I do, or if you'd like to make a donation to my ministry, followingthetruth.com. And once again, as as we uh, as we bring this show to a close, I want to thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for um praying for me. Thank you for all your kind words. Thank you for your donations. I want you to know that I am praying for you too. And I also want you to know too that I, I am confident that we, that God is in control. Even though things might look messy and difficult and challenging and even hopeless, they never are. God is in control. Just keep keep uh, those thoughts. Just keep keep those thoughts guarded. Be careful what you think about. And that's going to really make a difference. Uh, God really is in charge. God bless you, and I look forward to joining you next time on the program. See you.